when you first start studying the love of God, you're, it's amazing how difficult it appears. And, um, and so the true of us are not up here because we have arrived, but we have left. So what we're doing is we're asking you to sit in on our family time together as we talk about the love of God, and which is what we do on, in the mornings when we wake up and we start talking. So I want to start off by showing you something about love because the reason that this seems odd, when we start getting into love, the reason it's going to be different than you thought is because love is not what you think. The world's definition of love is not even close to what real love is. I mean, if you watched a Hallmark movie, you'd realize they don't have a clue. And uh, now they really don't have a clue. Candace Diaz, what's her name? Candace Bray. Bray. She's catching a lot of heat. But one of the things we ought to talk about tonight is she really don't care what they think. Amen. So, so having said that, I want to start off by, by reading something um, out of Galatians just for a minute. And it's not in the love chapter. It's, it is, it's the fruit of the Spirit. It says, the, the, the flesh lusts against your spirit and your spirit against your flesh. These are contrary to one another, so you don't do the things you wish. If you're led by your spirit, you're not under the law. The works of the flesh are evident. They're adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry. That's loving anything more than God. Sorcery, drug abuse, hatred, contention, which is loud quarreling, jealousies, outburst of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness of the like. I tell you before that those who practice such things, talking about people in the world, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against us there is no law. When you read the fruit of the Spirit, then you have to realize that what you're really dealing with is your flesh. And as we go into this, I want, you to, I want you to grab a hold of the idea that you have it and you have not made it mine totally. Right. It's still there. You, you don't wake up in the morning and go, boy, I'm glad I conquered that <laughs> because it's got a way of sneaking back up on you. So I'm going to read something to you from Paul's System of Truth, Mark Hankins, that was actually written by James Stalker. The nature of man, according to Paul, normally consists of three sections, body, soul, and spirit. In his original constitution, these occupy definite relations of superiority and subordination to one another. The spirit being supreme, the body least important, the soul occupying the middle position. The fall disarranged this order, and all sin consists in the usurpation of the body or the soul in the place of your spirit. That what that means is that the carnal man, the natural man, the, the man who's not a Christian, he's body ruled. And that's why he's incapable. He doesn't have the love of God. He's not born again. He has, he's incapable of agape love. He's not, he, he can do storge. He can do eros. He can do phileo to a degree. 
but but most people the the biggest issues in their life are that they're doing it from a selfish point of view and that is really what you're dealing with when you're dealing with a lack of love so i'm going to finish reading this and i think you'll i think you'll enjoy this Paul calls the flesh or the human side that looks toward the world and time have taken possession of the throne and completely rule the life. While the spirit, the side of man that looks toward God and eternity has been dethroned and reduced to a condition of inefficiency and death. Christ restores the lost predominance of the man by taking possession of it by his own spirit. Without the Holy Spirit in you, you, you can forget walking in love. And without you cooperating, you won't either. Okay. His spirit dwells in the human spirit, vifying it and sustaining it in such growth, strength, that it becomes more and more the sovereign part of the human. That's what you want. The man ceases to be carnal and becomes spiritual. He is led by the spirit of God and becomes more and more harmonious with all that's holy and divine. The flesh does not indeed easily submit to the loss of supremacy. Amen. You cannot go through life and pretend like, well, I got that down. Yeah. No, we all got a little better idea of that than you. Yeah. Because you are going to deal with this and you have, to, you have to go at it like, this is not, I'm not immoral. But I, am, I do have a flesh and I have to watch it. That's right. Take the dog out. Yeah. Or there'll be poop on the carpet. That's pretty carnal, but you understand what I mean. You, you own a dog, take care of him. You have a flesh. You can't go through life pretending like I don't have one. You have one. And if you are working on you, everyone will like you. Thank you. That was my point of all the whole night. It, listen, it clogs and obstructs your spirit. It fights to regain possession of the throne. Don't tell me you hadn't had your moments. Well, you're sitting at a light and someone's on the phone. I will whoop you. No, I got to preach on love tonight. Um, you know, that's a, you have to understand that if you're not watching you, who is? And nobody going to, and you have to believe that walking in love and walking in God is beneficial. Because if you don't, you're not going to do it. Your walking selfishly is your biggest enemy. Not your husband. Not your wife, you. The greatest benefit you will do for you is to walk in love. So when we said last week, what I'm looking more for more in me is me walking in love. Because I done found out you can forget everybody else. The ones that aren't don't want to. And you're wasting your time. You're going to frustrate yourself. So let me finish reading this and this. We're going to give it to Lisa. Paul's described this struggle in sentences of 
stark vividness in which all generations of Christians have recognized the features of their deepest experience. But the issue of the struggle is not doubtful. Sin shall not again have dominion over those whom Christ dwells or dislodge them from standing in favor with God. It is possible for you to let your spirit reign. It is possible to walk in the love of God. But not without on purpose. You ready? Take off. So um, if I'm like going this way, I'm not giving you all the cold shoulders because we're all pointed this way. So... um, if y'all want to see our faces, you probably be, need to be there or there. But I'll try to remember to swing to see the audience on the right. But um, really, the bottom line that keeps you, let's say, in a marriage, let's say we can start there, or any kind of relationship, family relationship, but a marriage is probably what I'm more referring to, is that you have to be willing from the get-go to say, and when you encounter problems... I love Jesus more than I, number one, love myself. And then, I mean, that's, that's the biggest hurdle to get over. And I love Jesus more than I love the other person. So no matter what the other person did to hurt me or not, or if I'm being a brat or in pride or whatever, I'm going to love Jesus. What does that mean? Not I just say, I love you, Jesus. I go to the word of God. And if the word of God says I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. No matter if he's wrong or someone else is wrong, if the word says I'm wrong, in this instance, I'm wrong. And so that's really what's kept us through our, you know, 30, almost 37 years of marriage is that, yes, we've gotten in fights. Yes, we've gotten in, in disagreements. Yes, we're two different people. And yes, both of us have flesh that want it our way and want them to see it our way from our view. But when it's all done and said, you have to, after the fight's over and the dust is settled, you have to go back and and open your Bible alone and say, okay, Lord, what do you say about this? And if you're not willing to do that, it's always going to be your way, your view. Why aren't they understanding me? Well, maybe they want you to understand them right? So you have to bring it back to the Bible. And that's, that's the number one thing. So I'm going to read from the Hafer translation. So I'm on page 16 and then pastor is going to backtrack to the amplified. So we're going to, we're going to go back and forth out of Hayford and translation and, and, and read a paragraph. I'm going to comment on my translation in the same wordings, but different. He's going to tr- uh, comment on the amplified or whatever he wants to do. <laughs> read out of Paul's system of truth. Love suffers long, having impatience, not impatience, patience with imperfect people. Love suffers long. We talked about that last week, so we're not going to spend a lot of time. Love suffers. Love suffers. Jesus suffered. There's going to be times that your flesh is going to suffer, and, and he calls it love. So just get ready for it. <laughs> it's not going to like it. Having patience with imperfect people. Love is kind and active in doing good. Love does not envy since it is non-possessive, non-competitive, and it actually wants others to get ahead. So he's probably going to talk more about doing acts of kindness, but love is kind. And the way you show yourself that you're kind is that you're active in doing good for others, active in doing good for people who don't deserve it. 
but you really shouldn't even use that terminology because you don't deserve it. And so I don't know why it has to be about deserve. You know, from a child, we were hearing from our parents and from the media and the TV and the billboard signs that if you're not good this year and you don't deserve it, you're going to get black coal in your Christmas stocking. And that's just, you know, that's just what runs through. And so you either deserve it or you don't deserve it by how many good marks you did, how many bad marks you did. And so the truth is, is that you need to actively be doing kind things for people, even though they don't deserve it. And so, um, you know, we have people in our life where I actually last Christmas went to their house. I gave them a gift. I just had it on my heart to do it. Now this Christmas, I don't have it on my heart to do it. I can't tell you why. It's just, I don't have this list. But last Christmas, the Lord said, go here and I want you to buy this and I want you to bring it to so-and-so. I'm like, oh gosh, I don't mind, but I didn't think I was going to be received. And there's nothing more awkward than standing at a door with a present and someone scoffing at you. I mean, but, but it's easy. The Bible says it's easy for us to give gifts and presents to each other when you love each other because they're going to give gifts back to you. But it's not easy to give a gift to someone who scoffs at you, who doesn't really want you standing at the door. Well, the bottom line is, is that the woman greeted me very friendly and actually invited me in the house, which was very awkward. But I went and I brought the gift in, put it down on the table. But the man was heavy on my heels. He was in the yard sprinkling the lawn. And I mean, the minute he saw me come ring the doorbell, he was heavy on breathing down my neck. That's my words. That's how I felt. And so he was watching me, every move I made, everything I said. But she was kind to me with with the kid. So um, after I left, I'm like, I'm glad that's over. (laughs) But I know I did what I was supposed to do. So this, this other one that says, it does not envy, it's non-possessive, non-competitive, it actually wants others to get ahead. When you're in a relationship or you're working with people, the flesh wants to be on top. The flesh wants to be the best. I think it's more in men than it is in women, but there are women that are that way too. And so you have to have this um, attitude that I actually want you to succeed, and love says, the love of God that's in your heart says, I want you to succeed if that means me taking a lower rung. And so it's not always about you being top dog. You always getting the A star. If you'll go to Philippians 2, and then I'm going to let you go to your paragraph. It says, Philippians 2, verse 1 through 3. Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, love comforts people. That's all I'll say. Remember that love comforts. You got comfort food, well, you got comfort love. If any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection, if there's any comfort, any fellowship, any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, be of one accord and one mind. Here's your verse. Verse 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Last verse. Verse 4. Sorry, I didn't give you verse 4. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests. Now, now look at that. It doesn't mean you can't pay attention to your interests. 
It's not saying you don't get to have any interest in life. It says, let each of you look out not only, not only for his own interests, but also for the interest of others. What do you want to so, do? So we all hear this in the world. Be a team player. When someone has the shot, give them the ball. You do not need to be the hot dog. Let other people succeed. You know, when, um, when Megan came on board, um, I started saying, I want you to do this, I want you to do that. And that may shock her a little bit. I want, and here's the good news. In a church setting, you will be very gracious with her. And I know that. It, you'll, you'll overlook her imperfections because you want her to do well. And that that's creates an environment for her to grow. And the same with Justin. By putting him up here and, and people go, Pastor, are you preaching? No, Justin is. But, but I know that the people in this church understand that he has to have opportunities to grow. And he's not going to be a Rick Renner or a Kenneth Copeland to start with. But you know what? That's what love does. It, you, you give them the ball and say, run with it. What if they miss? Let them miss. And always be so possessive of everything. Yeah. So it, the same thing's true with people. You can't, you can't go in there and go, I'm the hot dog on the court. We win games, not I win games. And, and that's, what, that's one of the things. Now go back because I'm, I'm on another scripture, so her and I are bouncing back and forth. Page 13, go to 13, Amplified. Love endures long, patient, never envies, boils over with jealousy, is not boastful, vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. It's not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride. It's not rude. Unmannerly does not act unbecomingly. Love God's, God's love in us does not insist on its own right, its own way. We talked about that last week. It's not self-seeking. It's not touchy. It's not fretful. I'm going to spend a while on one word. Touchy. Touchy. You'd be surprised at how many people are touchy. Now, we're going to go over this because that's not love. Touchy, what is it? What is touchy? Touchy is when you have an opinion and you can't divorce your opinion from yourself. Could you be right and your opinion wrong? How are you ever going to grow if the only opinion you ever have is yours? And how are you going to grow if someone else is not allowed to give their opinion? Amen. Amen. That's not love. That's control. We're going to do it my way or the highway, baby. All right. Touchy, you always, no, not, I'm, I'll get that. What is it about what you believe that cannot be challenged? Are you insecure in what you believe? Can you sit down with someone who doesn't believe in tongues and talk? Doesn't believe in healing and talk? Who is a Mormon and talk? Can you? What about people who don't believe in name it, claim it, blab it, grab it? Or maybe what if you sit down with someone who actually knows more than you? Can your views be challenged? Here's the, here's the skinny. Unless you love God and know he loves you, you are insecure. And the minute someone says something to you, 
different than your point of view. And off you go. What that means is, I don't want to hear it. Don't tell me I'm wrong. You hurt my feelings. Well, this is the end of a relationship. Don't be touchy. I've had people in this church that I've walked up to and I, they've said things and I said, well, I don't agree with that. That was her last Sunday. Why is it that everything you think, you think is right? If I believe in healing and, 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 you, could, and you could talk me out of it, I want to hear it. If I believe in speaking in tongues and you can talk me out of it, let's go. If I have an opinion and, and you have an opinion and I can't handle you having a different, listen, if I'm wrong, I want to know. And I've had people say things to me before and I walked out and went, I never thought about that. But why is it in church service, and I mean the, I've been preaching in, on, in Sunday morning and, and, said, and, and said, well, listen, if you don't speak in tongues, it sounds like this, and people get up, and out the door they go. How are you ever going to grow and learn anything if what you believe can't be challenged? If everybody you run around with agrees with you, listen, I don't even, I don't agree with me, five years ago. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I mean, hopefully you've grown. Amen. Now, what that looks like is this, and, I've, and, and Lisa knows who I'm talking about and you don't. I was talking to a young lady one day, and I said, you're doing something I don't agree with. She said, you're attacking me. I said, no, I just told you I don't agree with you. Well, the phone conversations ended for a long time because relationship ended yeah. with touchy. Yeah. Why, why not? You know, let me think about it. And you walk away and go, you know, I don't agree with him, but let me think about it. Why is it so hard? To, to, we live in a world, everybody in this room, if we were to really sit down and talk, and I mean talk. Yeah. We'd find out that we don't all agree on a lot of a stuff. A lot of stuff. <laughs> but, that, but what makes us family is that we love one another, period. Do you yeah. understand that? That's true in a marriage. That's true in a house. That's true with your kids. That's true with your family. So the Bible makes this statement, love is not touchy. Now, I, I was going to say something a while ago, and I'm going to talk about an argument I had with Lisa. Anytime I used to be losing the argument, you know what I mean? Have y'all ever lost an argument? Yes. You always have statements you make like, you always, you never, your mama. <laughs> now, what that means is now I'm going to attack you. You always do that. I don't always do it. You do too. You never. What you're doing is that you don't want to hear what they have to say. So now you're going to fight. You're going to sling words. That's, that's childish. That's flesh. Okay. Here's, an, here's another one. Um, 
don't attack people with words. Yeah. Don't attack them. Use your words rightly. If you don't agree, say, well, I don't agree. Uh, I, Lisa and I have a friend, and I'm, I'm going to tell you his name. His name is Bill, and I guess it's okay I'm mentioning his name. But he lived next door to Tom Copeland and I in Tulsa, and later he moved here and went to Tom's church. His name was Bill Kozlowski. Bill lived next door to me and Tom in a duplex. Me and Tom and, and the kids would go out in the evening and sit on the porch and all the kids in the neighborhood ride their bikes. It looked like Charlie Brown's neighborhood. It's about what it looked like. And so Bill, was a, he was an anti-tongue talker. So Bill would come over and challenge Tom and I about tongues. And he would come up and go, what do you believe about this? And we'd say, well, the Bible says this. And, and then he'd get all upset. And then after a few minutes, he would show his displeasure and stomp home. <laughs> Pouting. I'm not quite, I think the point was that he wanted to let us know he didn't agree. But we really don't care what you think. I've never been moved by your pouting. Oh, I'm going to leave. There's the door. Okay. So a few nights later, we'd be out on the front, and he would have a new scripture. What are you going to do this scripture right here? It says, do all speak with tongues. And you know they don't. No, 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 no. <laughs> and we'd, we'd talk to him. And the funny part about it is Tom and I would always end up talking to him and give him scripture, and, and we'd laugh a little bit. And, and he was always the one that was mad. Why is it that when you disagree with someone, you, you always have to get mad to prove your point? Yeah. Give them the old cold shoulder. I'll show them. That's childish. This went on for about three weeks, four weeks. Somewhere in this, Jane, his wife, uh, and Jane started going to Billy Joe Darty's church. Well, Jane wanted to get baptized in water. So Jane went up to get baptized, and when she came up out of the water, she started speaking in tongues. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! God is good. God yeah, is cool, y'all. Yeah, he's, he's cool. Good. And Bill jumped up in the service. That is not my wife. That is not my wife. No, this, he's a pain. He's a pain. And he's running to the pool, screaming, that is not my wife. And by the time he got to the water, he started talking in tongues. Oh, yeah. Funniest thing in the yes, world. that's good. And so he, he came back, me and Tom on the front porch. Now he's one of us. And, and you know, I always look back at that because it just seems like if you can't, why can't you carry on a conversation with someone without it turning into ugly? Yeah, that's true. What well, you've already proven. Maybe your point's right. I want to read a scripture to you, and I'm going to go to go to Second Timothy. I'm going to let you weigh in on that in a second. Go to Second Timothy. And this right here became one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. And it helped me immensely. I think it's 2 Timothy. No, it's James, book of James. I'm sorry. 2 James, 1 James. There's only one James. 
James 3, James 3. This right here helped me immensely. James 3. If you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, don't boast and don't lie about this truth. This wisdom is not coming from God. It's earthly, it's sensual, it's demonic. Now think about that for a minute. Why can't, why can't we as Christians sit and talk about things we don't see eye to eye on? That's a big statement. That is a huge statement. Well, I like Trump. Well, I don't. Well, let's talk about it. And when we get done, let's go get a cup of coffee and be friends. I have, I have people that I know, and I'm talking relatives. There are things I will never bring up in a conversation because it'll be the last conversation we ever have. Like your kids that are on drugs and your wife that has never shut up. <laughs> and your dog that bites me every time I come into y'all. You know, there's just things you leave alone with people because you, you can't be, you can, nobody can tell you you're wrong. Not even God. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, after 20 years, you go, I think I missed it. I'd say so. <laughs> Why don't you tell me? <laughs> we would not. You wouldn't listen then, you don't listen now. If you don't listen, God is going to pull grace off you and let your life go through hell so he can get your attention. You don't have to do that. That's true. You could. Listen. Listen. Amen. He gives more grace. Grace. To the what? I'm going to finish reading this and give it to Lisa. Where envy and strife and self-seeking exist, confusion and every, every evil, evil thing. thing. Now, one more. The wisdom that is from above is pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, good fruit, without partiality, without two-faced. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. He's not talking about compromise. You can have peace and not agree. We can love each other. I can love Zach. We may not agree on everything. I love him anyway. I love Kenny. Don't agree with everything. He has a Chevy and Justin has a Ford Raptor and I think that's crazy, but, but I love him anyway. No, I'm, had, I'm being... you had a Ford. Kenny, Kenny's got a little Chevy, a, a little Nova, when it should be a Chevelle. Anyway, anyway oh. um, I, I said that because you're going to watch this in a church. I had a lady and I'm... One day she posted something on Facebook, and I, and I got right behind her and went, I don't agree. I don't, that's all I said. I, I don't agree with that. That's probably not a good thing to say. Came into church, you embarrassed me. You embarrassed the fool out of me. I said, I don't agree with you. I know, but in front of everybody. Well, you said it in front of everybody. You said it in front of everybody. I just said I don't agree. She said, well, I just can't. I can't live. She goes. 
I said, honey, like, you might need to stay off Facebook. I'm like, <laughs> I went home and said, Lisa, I will never comment on Facebook ever again. <laughs> Unless we don't ever look up Sunday morning, ain't a soul in the building. But anyway, that's, it is very sad. And I'm saying this with all the grace. It's very sad that we can't have adult conversations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about subjects yeah. where you're sitting back and going, well, I might be wrong. If I am, show me I'm wrong. And go home and think about it. If you don't agree, then just leave it alone. Amen. Go ahead. Yeah, and really you have to, the, a good way to look at yourself when you're talking to people, if you start getting corrected, whether what they're saying is right or wrong is not the point of what I'm about to say, is that if you'll look inside yourself and go, I'm going to believe they're not correcting my heart. My heart is good. My heart is right. They're just correcting my viewpoint or my opinion. Now, like he said earlier, once in a a relationship of any kind, once you start attacking someone as a person, you always, I always, I can make always, always. You never, I can make never, never. Your mama, if you don't like my mama, you should have thought about that before you asked me to marry me. You know, so hey, marry your mom. <laughs> she needs to love Let's talk right about now, your yeah, mama. No, but the, the the issue here is don't attack character. Don't attack a human being you know, the way God made him. But when someone's correcting you, it says a wise man receives correction. I'll read it to you. He who has knowledge spares his words. A man of understanding is a calm spirit. spirit. Even a fool's counted wide is when he holds his peace and he shuts his lips. He's considered perceptive. Um, that's not the one I wanted, but that's, that's, that's good anyway. So on page 16, I'll read it from my translation. Uh, Love does not seek its own, insisting on its own rights and demanding precedence. Rather, it is unselfish. Love is not provoked. It's not irritable or touchy, rough or hostile, but is graceful under pressure. So I'll stop there for a minute. Is it even possible for you to have a conversation with someone where you disagree, he said that, where you know things may not go well, where you know it is going to come to an uncomfortable point? Can you not sit in a conversation and listen to something other than your view and what you hold dear and right and without you taking it personally like they think I'm a bad person? No, they like you, but they don't agree with your view. So if you can, while you're sitting there, go, can I be graceful and respond gracefully under pressure? I feel like I'm being attacked. Well, you're not being attacked most of the time. Most of the time, you're not being attacked. Your view or your opinion or a truth or non-truth is being attacked. And so if you can say, okay, can I be graceful under pressure? We all can work on this. Me, yep. him, every, all of us. Everyone put Acts 17, 11 up on the screen. Acts 17, 11. Put it on the screen. I want to read this. I want you to see this. This is a powerful scripture here. 
These were, it says the Bereans, were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to see if it was true. That's good. That's a powerful scripture. Um, I was talking to a lady in Apopka who goes to another church, and she was diagnosed with cancer. And I said to her, I said, well, you want prayer. I said, but if you want to get healed, talk to me. I'll help you. All conversation ended. Because my view. Is right. And, and, it's, and I said that. I, I knew if I said it, she was going to say, I, I would love to talk to you. Or... We don't believe that way. Well, that's fine. That's fine. But all conversation ended. What does that say about your heart? Yeah. What does that say about you as a person? Amen. That might be why you have cancer. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. That means in Thessalonica, they don't want to hear it. They search the scripture. Is that true, what they're preaching? Yeah. yeah. I was with a lawyer in a, Orlando one day, and I walked into his office, and I, I had called him and asked him to speak, to meet with me. I wanted to talk with him about something. And he did research on me before I got there because he's Assemblies of God. I didn't know that. I walked in and we're talking and I said, well, I believe this. He said, I know what you believe. Your name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. (laughs) And he was a smart donkey. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, I am. That was the end of our conversation. And I thought, you're about one rude human being. I researched you. You're those people. Those Copenhagens. You know, I would like for him to go, well, I don't agree with you. I'd have had a lot more respect for him if he'd just been nice. Be kind, be kind. I mean, you're a Christian, be kind. Good God almighty. And, he, and he's a good man. And he has great views, Republican-wise, conservative-wise. Yeah, yeah, he's great. on good pages. You know what I mean? And y'all know him. But... It's funny how... It's sad <laughs> that there's the assembly versus Hagen. Yes, amen. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's hard to even... How do, you, how, do you, how do you have a conversation with anybody with their fingers in their ears? Like, well, you're a moron. Sit down and have coffee. Well, I'm a moron. Thank you. Pour past the cream. <laughs> I mean... So which is better, that you have all knowledge or I'm actually the one in the room that's walking in love? So... So I'm telling you that because you're going to find that out. But I'm asking you, don't be that person. Yes, amen. Don't be, do not be the touchy, oversensitive, yeah. no one can say anything to you without you blowing a gasket. That's true. Even your spouse, anybody. L- learn, uh, what, what was it? Uh, we listened to it on the marriage thing when um, you have to tell me, I keep getting his name wrong. Jimmy Evans. I want to call him Dale Evans. Jimmy Evans. Jimmy Evans. <laughs> And uh, he told the story about Joyce Myers 
was in the car nagging Dave one day and the Lord spoke to Joyce and said, why can't you shut up? <laughs> and I thought, go God, you know. <laughs> why? <laughs> and you know, she was a little bit of a handful, you know. And, but anyway, don't, you know, that's, that's a big deal. What I'm talking about is in marriage or love, communicating, communication. Now, every one of us needs our views tweaked. Hang around people smarter than you and be willing to listen when they're talking. They'll take you where you can't take yourself. Amen. Okay, you got this? You got this? Yeah, so if you go on in the Hayford on page 16, uh, I wanted to spend just a few minutes on this. Love thinks no evil it does not keep an account of wrongs done to it. Okay. Love thinks no evil. Now, in the NKJV or the KJV, for years I thought, well, well, I don't think evil. I don't think about evil people and evil things that people are doing. I never, that never made a lot of sense. I'm like, duh, love thinks no evil. But what it means is that love doesn't harbor evil thoughts about another person. Love doesn't think about the wrong things other people have done to them or just the wrong things people have done. There are people out there, I mean, people that love God, that they think it's their duty in life to hold account of people's wrongs and those people didn't even do them wrong. And they go and they put stuff out on social media that exploiting things that people are doing wrong, but they didn't do it to them. And so that's what it means. It doesn't harbor evil thoughts. It's not constantly dwelling on the evil that, or the wrong things that someone's done to you or that people are doing. And specifically, it does not keep account or a list of wrongs done to it. Instead, it erases resentments. Now, the bottom line is, and of course, Reverend Teresa said this, you know, forgiving the other person does not get them off the hook. It gets you off the hook. It keeps the poison from injecting itself in you. The resentment that you hold against someone does not do anything for them to make them a better person. It just hurts you because God said to forgive. And you let that stuff fester in you. One thing you need to remember is that your body wasn't built to carry resentment. No. It wouldn't, it won't. Because God is It'll love. It'll make you sick. God is love, and love made you. And so your body responds positively to love. It responds negatively to resentment and unforgiveness. So I want to, I want to, let's get on this a minute. When I, one time I went to Jack Hayford's school, and, and he invited us over to his house. And, and, and um, I asked him a question, and he said, See people as they can become. Amen. That's good. Boy, that chain, I told someone that was worth the plane trip to California. To see a person as they can become, I went, that is good. And I started started working on it. I'm better than I was, way better than I was. They used to see you as you were. So here's a scripture that I'm going to give you. When you're dealing with people, and listen, this is powerful. Philippians 1, 6, 
being confident of this very thing, he who began a good work in Zach will complete it. Yeah, amen, amen. In other words, my faith is not in Zach. It's not in Amber. My faith is in the God in him that I know that wherever he is today, we may not agree on things, but I know that God being God, that that in a year from now, two years, he'll be a, he'll be a different man. He, let God do his job. Believe in Zach and let God work. Yeah. Now, I'm going to read another one here. And, and if you don't have these scriptures, what happens is you don't do well with people because you yeah. see them the way they are and you go, oh, my God, you've got to change. Usually it's for yourself. Um, Philippians 2.12 Therefore, my beloved, as you always obeyed, not in my presence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It is God who is working in you to will and do his good pleasure. Now, see, I can look at Kathy and go, I know God's working in you. I can look at Paul and go, I know. See, I've seen Paul grow. I also know he will continue to grow. And, And that's what makes community work. And that's what it means, believing the best. That doesn't mean that you're pretending that they're they're nice and they're not. Yeah. When there's sin and, and, and the sun is in the bedroom smoking dope, you can't go, well, the Lord is working. No, you need to go in there and deal with a kid. Okay. <laughs> you know, you, you can't just let people, you know, uh, we're not talking compromise, but we're talking about believing in people. It's a whole lot better if you believe in them. And I've said this many times. Let people make mistakes. Let them. Leave them alone. But if they, rebellion is another ball of wax. Stop all rebellion. But leave mistakes alone. What happens to a child when he makes a mistake and you correct him? How does he not make mistakes? Quit trying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You are killing that kid. Yeah. Destroying their life. Amen. Because you're not allowing them to make mistakes. What, what about people in church? Amen. You're going na- to hit on everything everybody does, and you are the Holy Ghost Police Department? Stop. Yes, that's good. <laughs> you are not. <laughs> Neither just, are we. Just, just love on people and let people be people and yeah. care about them. And, and I mean, if God is in them, I mean, God, there's people that I, like I said a while ago, I don't talk to them anymore. Oh, I pray about them. <laughs> and Lisa and I get together and we go, get them, God. You know, and, and he does. And we can, tell you sto- we can tell you stories, but we can't tell you stories because we have to protect the guilty. But we can tell you stories mm-hmm. of people who right now, God is doing wonderful yeah. things yeah. in their life. Because we're praying But we're in there them. going, Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of, we bring up <laughs> Joe Blow and Susie Q and hallelujah in the name of Jesus. Get them, God. You know, the greater ones in them. You said this yeah, about them. You said the, You said the love of God is shed abroad in their heart. Now, whatever they're doing, stop it. Yes, stop it. So if you go on on this page on 16, love does not rejoice in iniquity, finding satisfaction in the shortcomings of others and spreading a bad report or an evil report. Rather, it rejoices in the truth, aggressively advertising the good. Uh, Love bears all things, defending and holding other people up. Lord, uh, love believes the best about others. So it talks about, are you, 
aggressively advertising the good about someone who's not doing so good, are you, do you find satisfaction in going, I told you so. I knew that was going. I knew that was, I knew if they didn't make a course correction, that was going to happen. Now I'm just going to tell on myself because I can, because I'm not telling on you. How many of y'all have ever thought that someone would either know the juicy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come One on more now. time. How many of y'all have ever known something about somebody and you thought everybody needed to know it? Or some people. And why? And you walk away and go, <laughs> Heavenly Father, I have just sinned. Yeah. <laughs> so I was in, yesterday, I was in the kitchen with Teresa. And Teresa will know who I'm talking about. Tell us what y'all talked about. No. Because that would not be aggressively advertising the good. And um, she told me something, and I said to her, it was just me and her in conversation. So I'm not going out doing everybody else. It's just her and I were having a conversation. She gave this piece of information to me, and I said, I knew that was going to happen if she didn't make a course correction. I knew that was going to happen, you know, and it's not good, and, and this is why, da-da-da. You know, and the Lord pricked my heart later on, like, you didn't even have to say that. You should yeah. have said, let's pray for her right now. Yeah. Because the Holy Spirit is in her. And the Holy Spirit wants her to get on the right path and make that course correction. Because he has something for her to do. And so today, I'm in my room going, I am praying over her. I'm going to advertise aggressively the good about her. Because there is good in her. And she shouldn't be doing what she's doing right now. But Holy Ghost, you can speak to her in a way that nobody else right at this moment can. And I'm asking you to halt and stop. And now, so that's what we should be doing. Not like, yeah, I told you so. I knew this was going to happen. The good, that's the good news about <laughs> that having That does this. no good. That's the good news about having this book. Yeah. And Mark Hankins and I talked about the fact that you need to get one, put it in your Bible, and carry it with you for several months. You really do. Rest of your life. Because I have found myself reading, it does not sit on its own rights, not fretful, pays no attention, suffer wrong, edited breath, breathes of every person. Oh, snap. <laughs> Heavenly Father, forgive me, I should not have done. And you, if you don't correct, you, that gives you a chance to correct yourself. Yeah. It gives you a chance to read. This is a mirror. Yeah, amen. And you're going, hmm, I'm doing that. Wow, that is wrong. I mean, And until I read it, I never gave it thought. Sometimes it's hard to hold and defend and hold up someone and defend someone who you know is just out blatantly doing wrong. It's hard to defend that. Like, I can't defend that. No, you're not defending what they're doing. You're holding them up spiritually going, I know the Holy Spirit's in them. Lord, lead them and guide them and direct them and 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 aggressively advertise the good God that's in them that can turn this situation around. So why do we gossip? Who would like to answer well, I that? God, Here it I went quiet. <laughs> Here's why we go. do it. I have a beef with Zach, and I want to know how many people will be mad at him with me. Amen. Self-seeking. Like Amber said, very good. So what happens when I come to you and go, you know, let's pray about Zach. You should go, yeah, you do. Pastor, I don't want to hear it. And what you're doing is you start shutting people down, they will shut up. Amen. But you side with them. Yeah, mm. I've noticed that about him. 
Now we have us a group, the anti-Zach group. The, the anti-Zach gossip group. It's this not, goes on in churches. It's not real. It's virtual. All the time, guys. Oh. <laughs> you know what you've proved to everybody? That you don't have a spiritual bone in your body. That's true. That's true. That's all you're doing is showing everybody how carnal you are. I love it when the cliques get together because at least all the bad people are in one huddle. Yeah, that's true. This is true. Because they will find each other. I want you to go find all the gossips in the church and I want you to sit with them next Sunday morning so that I can pray the whole group of y'all out of here. You don't realize how damaging that is. Why don't you believe the best and pray for them and, you know, get off your high horse because the way to grace is humility. The reason that you are not having that struggle is because of humility. But now that you're full of pride, you're the next one to come down. You know, all the stuff that I've ever gotten on to people about and, and I became self-righteous, I found myself doing the same thing they did later. Yeah, yeah. It's humbling for God to show you how stupid you are without him. And I go, Heavenly Father, I was on talking about so-and-so last month, and now I'm doing the same thing, and now I'm going to pray for them, and then I'm going to ask you to have mercy on me because I'm as stupid as they are. Mm -hmm. And you'll actually stop some of your stupid stuff. But God has to do that. He has to do that. Because you became a little thirsty. Not that I'm the only one in here. But we're not. So in your Bible, uh, the KJV or the NKJV, it says love bears all things. That's a little blind. That's a little cloudy. But here, here it is. Love believes the best. It believes the best about others. It credits them with good intentions. Yeah, good one. It is not suspicious. You, you being suspicious of people, what does that do? It does nothing. You might be right. Your suspicions may be confirmed. But what does that do for you and what does that do for other people? It does absolutely nothing. So wanna... love believes the best of others. It hopes all things. It never gives up on people, but it affirms their future. So this is what I was doing in my room today. I was affirming this person's future in prayer. God does not want them to be off course. The, the price, the, the call of God on their life is, is too, too much, too big. They could really affect a lot of people for good. So, so I'm going to show you the scriptures that I have used over years to conquer what we're talking about. There's just two of them, and they're very simple. Write them down. One of them is Isaiah 41. Fear not, I'm with you. Amen. That's good. Don't be afraid. I got you. That's big. Because what you're doing is that you're trying to protect yourself. That's the reason why you're touchy, fretful. Is that you're, you're protecting yourself. Putting up the wall. You got a wall up. Mm -hmm. You don't have to. You don't have to have a wall. God will take care of you. Amen. I'm with you. I got you. I got your back. They're not going to harm you. Now, now, that's a powerful one. I'm going to read all of it. I'm with you. Don't be dismayed. I'm your God. I'll strengthen you. I'll help you. I'll hold you with my righteous right hand. I'll take care of you. 
It doesn't matter what they think. Now, that's, called, that's coming out of insecurity. Let me read another one. Romans 8, we all know this one, but we need to meditate. It, what can I say to these things? If God is for me, who? who can be against me? Listen, God knows that I was imperfect when he got me. Amen. Amen. Finding my faults has never helped me. I, I know them. Finding everybody's faults is not helping them. Now, I'm not saying we're, we're not talking about rebellion and sin. We're talking about faults. So one of the things that I had to learn is God loves me. God called me. God believes in me. And that way, I'm not worried whether you like me or don't. And that sets me free to not get into strife. Yes, amen. Because amen. there was a time in my life, and Barbara and I talked about this earlier this week, that I felt like every time someone said something about me, I had to get up here and prove you wrong. Mm. That's a lie. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm in, I'm, you know, someone said, were you mad? Yes. <laughs> but you know what? It, my heart was right, but, but I, what I was doing was not right. And people would say, well, you know, that's not really right. Yes, it is. I have to defend myself. No, you don't. No, you don't. Brother Hagen said, if they accuse me of killing my mother, I wouldn't even deny it. I thought, that's brutal. I would, you know. <laughs> but over time, I've learned that if, if I'm wrong, God, show me. But if, if you're on my side, show me. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not against you. I'm not against anybody any longer. God is on my side. I'm doing the best I can. And if you have a problem with that, then you, then you have a problem. And I'm going to love you. And I'm not going to be upset. But, but without those two scriptures right there, uh, and the one over in uh, in um, when Je- First Peter, when Jesus was, was reviled, reviled, he reviled he reviled not, not back. Back in return. and I had to learn like Joyce, be quiet. Yeah, you don't owe them an explanation. We don't like you. Well, sometimes I don't like me. You know, and you don't always owe someone an answer right away. If someone says something to you that you don't agree with, you don't have to engage at that moment. That doesn't mean you're weak. It just, you, you know, there's things you can say like, I don't agree with that. Let's talk later. You know, you can be nice. I don't agree with that. Sometimes you need to let them know you don't agree because you don't want to agree with sin or whatever. But there are times where I'll look at someone, I don't have the time because they're not giving me the time. It's rude for someone to start a conversation and and try to inject into you everything they want you to hear, but then they don't want to listen to your your side. And so when you see that happening, that's 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 another issue about being rude. That's being rude. So they're like, I want you to hear me, but I don't want to hear you. That's, that's so, pride. So that's pride. So you you need to look back at them quickly and have a quick response and say, I don't agree with that. Let's talk later. So Dale Evans, is it Dale Evans? Not Dale Evans. Jimmy, Jimmy Evans. Evans. Jimmy Evans. It is actually. See, once I get your name it is, wrong, it's wrong forever. It anyway. is actually Dale Jimmy Evans, but he hates that first name, and he goes by his middle name. The, there is an his art. To, there is girl. an art to communication. And I think that everybody married should study it. That's true. It's an art. I mean, and you're going to study it or you're going to have a hard time. But, but a lot of times communication, people just don't communicate well. And they don't listen well. And, and there's an art to it. I told Lisa one time, her and I were having a, we were having a fight. It was just a fight. It had been going on for months. <laughs> 
and um, ebb and tide. Oh yeah, it, it was getting bad. It was getting bad. And um, I looked at her one day and I said, "Are you tired of being sick?" She said, "Yes." I said, "Are you tired of being broke?" She said, "I am." I said, "Let's stop fighting. Let's talk." I said, "I'll begin it. You talk. I listen." And you and you have to make a decision. I'm gonna listen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to listen to what she's trying to say. I'm not going to listen to what she's saying. I'm going to listen to what she's trying to say. Because she may be saying it different than I'm hearing it, but I'm going to sit and listen. And then when it's my turn, I go, it's my turn. I'm going to talk. You're going to listen. And, and it's not easy. Pride is brutal. And if you don't think you have it, if you're a screamer, you are a proud person. Only by pride comes contention. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. And that's insecure. It's fear. It's really the root, it's the root of it's fear. But, and, and that's not what we're doing here tonight is talking about communication. But I, I recommend everybody get a book on it and learn there are fights not worth winning. Yeah. And there are fights you better have. You'd better have some talks. And, and so some of them are, are life and death, sink or swim, live or die. You know, when you have a spouse that's, you don't know where they are and they're coming in late and you need to have a talk. There's infidelity, you need to have a talk. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of anger. And I'm not talking about someone just getting mad at you. I'm talking about a lot of anger. You need to have a talk. Because this is not going so. This is where you need to go there. So, um, and I say this to young people when they come get married, you need to learn to talk. You really do. If you love each other, you're going to learn to l- talk and listen. You have two ears and one mouth. Learn to listen. And so that's an art, and, it, and it's not easy. It's not easy to do, guys. No. None of thing, nothing we've said is easy. When, when you thought you were going to come hear about Hallmark, this ain't a Hallmark book. They don't know anything about this. Because right in the end of the movie, they get in a fight over something stupid, and they always kiss four minutes before the end of the movie. Boring. Boring. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> four minutes. That's six minutes. They ain't going to kiss. That's five minutes. They ain't going to kiss. Four minutes. I want to write movies for them so bad. I, can't. I want them to write them, too. <laughs> it's a build-up. Well, anyways, the, the bottom line and where I think I would like to end tonight, we just have a few minutes, is that, like he said a little earlier, if you are having a hard time with the love of God, you exemplifying it, you need to go back and you need to read verses that assure you of how much God loves you. Yes. And if, I, if I'm having a hard time with receiving correction or, you know, him hurting my feelings or whatever, whatever, I will go back to some, not all scriptures like this, but you need to go back to scriptures like Romans 8, 32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him... Also freely give me all things. So I don't have to fight for him. I don't have to defend my honor. I don't have to help him understand me. I mean, things are good for us to do as couples. But at the end of the day, I don't have my defense rolled up into him 
and how he's treating me. I go back to Jesus or God, the Father, who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for me. I personalize it. How shall I not with Jesus also freely give me everything I need? The love that I need, the care that I need, the, the whatever that I need. If I sow love, I'm going to get love. And so the peace that I need, whatever it is at that moment, you go to those scriptures that say, if God's for me, who can be against me? Even if my husband's against me, the very one I love, if God's for me, that doesn't matter, you know, and God will actually come through you and and show you and enlighten you and give you revelation of how much he loves you. And how much he's for you and how much he wants to give into you. And I don't have to get my, um, I, I don't, my day to day. Yeah, we get, we get in arguments. Yeah, we don't, we have misunderstandings, but I don't have to stay there because God's for me. And then I'm willing to go back into the word and go, okay, where was I wrong? What happened? What, what just happened here? You know, and we need to be willing to say that. And we need to always be willing to go, what did I do wrong? There's another subject we will have to cover one day, and, and it's a tough subject. There, there's a word that women hate. They hate it. Submission. You bring that word up, women will look at you and go, you don't cuss around me. I am no doormat. That's because you don't understand what it means. It means adapt. Adapt. If everything has to be your way, you're causing trouble. And the Bible says, respect your husband. Well, he don't deserve it. Granted, didn't say that. It says, well, love your wives. Very often, we're, we're defending ourselves when we need to go back and do what he said. Go back and do what he told you to do. Quit trying to change your husband to accept you when you're wrong. Amen. You're an unsubmissive woman. You don't even understand the word. No respect. And you got a point of view and you're going to make it. You're causing trouble. And a husband who doesn't love his wife, doesn't care about her, just work all the time, work all the time, and comes home, where's my dinner? Those, those things create problems, and those are the back to the communication thing. You need to find out how close they are to God. Because if I'm not loving Lisa, I'm the problem. If she's not submissive, she's the problem. And that's the revelation. She's going to have to get out of her own Bible, or I'm going to have to get out of my own Bible. When I first took this church, and, and, and I thank God that he trusted me with it and that it was a time for me to grow, but I had a lot of learning. I did a lot of stuff wrong. But you know, God just got in there behind me. When, when, you're, when you're married, your spouse will do things. They will do things wrong. Just trust them. Trust God. Pray for them. Because sometimes they'll come back later and go, wow, I was wrong. Yeah, you were. Lisa and I have a family member. You can't tell him he's wrong. His family will tell you, I, he's never said, I'm sorry. Never admitted he's ever been wrong a day in his life. Not good. Now all the family don't like him. And he has no idea why. Don't be that person. Don't you be so bullheaded 
Amen. that God can't tell you you're wrong. Amen. I go to God sometimes and go, if I'm wrong, you show me. I'm going to make adjustments. And he showed me. If you're serious, he'll show you. But you don't want to do it and just keep being wrong. That's called pride. You don't want to do that. Okay? Now, I know this has been a little different, isn't it? I think it was Melody the other day paid us a compliment. She says, I like the way y'all go back and forth. It's not easy to do this because we, we're exposing too much of us, but we ask you to, to let us do that and still hold us in high esteem. We don't, we're not perfect, but we both have perfect hearts. Amen. We have a really good marriage. And that's why but it has not been easy to get where we are. And that's why we chose Wednesday night. You know, not Sunday morning. Because you, you, you all are, are the, I mean, you're faithful and it's a, just a different atmosphere. I mean, there's a lot of people on Sunday morning that are faithful, but they're just not, there's a lot of babies too. And they're just not ready to, to hear it quite like we're doing it tonight. We will do it on a Sunday morning, but it'll, it'll just be different because they won't be able to sometimes hold in high regard and esteem. But they had problems. Well, how, how can we even minister to you? I mean, Jesus ministered to people and he didn't have problems. But the truth is, is that if, if, if you're going to look at us like we're supposed to be perfect, we're going to disappoint you. That's putting man on a pedestal. And the Bible says, don't do that. But you can regard and hold in high regard the office and the call that he's placed on us because that is for you. That's not for us. We get nothing out of the anointing that's on us except enjoyment, you, you know, but we don't like get, we, it, it falls on us for you. So, so think about this for a minute that God chose to use us. I came from a home with no dad. Do you think that created problems in me? Yes, it did. Lisa came home out of a home with a, with a mom that had been abused, that created a lot of insecurity and caused her to be a very domineering female. Wasn't a bad woman at all. Very wrong in her thinking. But if you got around her long, you'd realize she loved God, she's tender-hearted. But you grow up in an atmosphere where the woman is domineering and you marry a man who has no dad and John Wayne was his mentor, you're, you have a fight that's about to ensue. And, and that's where the two of us, that's where that's the two who John of, Wayne was married to. That's where the two of us have had to put our faith in God. And Lisa, I will tell you, when she sees she's wrong, she changes. I mean, she'll go, I'm wrong, I change. And, and I, I'm a little slower than Lisa. I mean, I'm just going to tell you right now. It takes me a little longer. Lisa can forgive and forget in a nanosecond. I will eventually get there this week. I mean, he's a little hard on himself. There's times it takes me a couple hours. <laughs> it's not always nano. <laughs> takes me a couple of days. But you understand that God trusts us with the church. He Amen. trusts us with you. We're growing like you are. I don't want you to walk out of here. We're, we're still growing. Amen. But I'm asking you to do this. Let's all just grow together. And that's why we talked about believe the best. When you see something, it's a prayer project. Look and go, you Amen. know what? <laughs> I bet they need some prayer right now. So put and your hand up and say, I love Jesus. Sorry, did I cut you off? You go ahead. I love Jesus. Say it again. More than I love myself. 
And if his word says change, I'm going to honor him. We're going to change. And change. We're going to change. Let, the, let this book change you. Amen. Let it change you. When you get to a spot, you go, ouch. Yeah. Stay there. Yeah, stay there on the That's ouch. God talking to you <laughs> in yes. his word. And that Amen. he's showing you, this is a good place for you to live for a while. And you might be there longer than you think. But stay there until it changes you. And I'm going to tell you this. There's a lot of scriptures I've read in this book in the last year. And I'm not where I was. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to show you something you can start doing right now. You don't have to wait to the end of the book. It's called A Confession of the Love of God. And it's from Kenneth E. Agin on page 64. So every day you can just turn back to it. Even as you're going through the book and going through the different translations, say, say these things the way God gave them to Brother Hagen. The love of God has been shed abroad in, in my, my heart by, by the, the Holy, Holy Ghost. Ghost. I shall endeavor to let that love nature dominate me. I have God's love nature in my heart, in my spirit. We're on page 64. Therefore, I will not let my natural human reasoning dominate me. I refuse to allow the flesh to rule me. I am going to walk in the spirit by walking in love. I am a lover and not a hater. I will practice and exercise the fruit of love so it will grow and increase. One way I will practice the God kind of love is by taking no thought for a suffered wrong. We'll stop right there. Y'all can read the rest on your own. But those are good confessions to make because you have what you say, not what someone else says about you. Amen? Say that. I have what I say. I have what I say. Not what someone else is saying about me. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Go have a good night.